Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, celebrating 20 years of bringing the outdoors to Colorado radio, here's Terry Wickstrom. All right, we're going right back to the phone. So one of our favorite contributors is joining us, whether it's fishing, hunting, ice ice fishing, open water fishing. I don't care. This guy just does it all. Nate Zelensky, good morning. Good, good morning, Terry. How are you? I'm doing well. It must be holidays. I'm giving you good intros. I like that. I like it. We keep that up every week, you know? We'll think about it. Let's not get carried <laughs> away. Don't, don't, get, don't get carried away with this. I won't get excited about it. All right. Hey, my friend, uh, there's a lot going on this cold weather. I know you've got some tournaments coming up, and we're going to have ice on a lot of lakes, but maybe not quite enough to gather that many people. So why don't you first update us on that? Yeah, we, yeah, we want to update on the tournaments and kind of talk, you know, to you. We're really dealing with almost, uh, you know, we, we always call it big water syndrome when we have the conditions that we have now. And it's kind of a funky thing. So there's a lot of reservoirs up and down the front range and even eastern plains that are offering literally both options of fishing there's lakes that you can open water fish and then you can walk you know a quarter mile into a cove and you can ice fish on six to eight inches of ice um we really are kind of having one of those weird seasons where despite the cold we really haven't had the combination of cold and calm and that's really been our, our situation so coming up here this next saturday so a week from now we had our big ice addiction tournament uh scheduled to be at boyd lake state park you know we've had them there many years in the past um you know we've been excited to have this event we kept kind of holding off just hoping that this cold front that we're in right now was going to do it for us um and it didn't so we did our, our kind of our final ice check yesterday at 11 a.m and you're looking at boyd lake state park you look at the marina cove so literally we're the marina Arena floats and all the way to the back of that cove, there's guys on the ice ice fishing and having some great time catching a lot of fish. And from literally from the boat dock concrete going east where we'd be holding the event was open water at 11 a.m. When we checked it, it was two degrees out temperature-wise, um, and it was still 100% open water, not even ice on the shores right there. Um, so it's kind of one of those funky things. So we, we went ahead and kind of followed into our backup plan. We have multiple plans uh, to kind of you know make sure that we can still hold the event. Um, and in the event of this situation, the, lake, the event is being moved to Wellington Lake outside of Bailey. Um, we know that's a far jump for some of our northern Colorado friends, uh, but unfortunately, you know, again, everything's kind of due to a permitting process, you know, through parking and fisheries and kind of everything we have to do to hold an event. Um, and really, we with the ice conditions right now, we really don't have a lot of options on the front range. Uh, so Wellington Lake is that backup. So anybody that signed up for that, your tickets just transfer immediately to Bailey. Uh, and you can go on to the Tightland Outdoors website and get all the facts and, and all the information about Wellington and that crossover from that event. Uh, but really, we're seeing that across the board. So obviously, for the ice event, we saw that um, and then looking at places even like Chatfield where we just guide and recreational fish you know you have ice in some of the coves you have ice in certain portions of the lake and then open water in half the lakes and it's getting that time of year to where we always hope Terry that we ice up in December you always hope for that mid-December ice up just because that's when the days are really short the nights are long there's not a lot of sun and we're really getting past those those shorter days. We're starting to lengthen our days just a little bit. Um, and despite the cold, the sun's out. And again, we've been getting a lot of wind, not really high 
you know, blow your roof off type wind, but enough wind to where we're not building ice at night. Even though it's cold, we're having waves and it's preventing that ice from forming um, and it's keeping the lakes open. So it's hard to say what the ice season will bring and when it'll be. Obviously, we still have some very cold temperatures in the next week or so. Uh, then we kind of start to warm up a little bit. So it'll really kind of see what the front range ice is, you know, but as of now, the, at least as far as the tournaments go, you know, a lot of people, are, our phones are blowing up and we're seeing hundreds and hundreds of calls. Um, the Boyd Lake event has moved to Wellington Lake, uh, and then if anybody's listening, kind of uh, you know outside of the Denver area, our Utah event has moved from Jordanelle to Starvation. Uh, similar situation, just making sure that we get everybody on safe ice uh, and have a really good, safe, fun event. So, uh, so we had two two location moves uh, as of now. Uh, we're very uh, confident, hopefully, uh, that Grand Lake stays frozen. Uh, it'd be very rare for uh, for Grand Lake to lose ice by mid February. So, uh, I think our schedule is locked in, and uh, we should have a, have a great time from here on out. All right, people can keep checking the website and. I want to uh, talk again about what you said about checking the ice here too. We are we're going to have a warm day, warmer day on Sunday, but we're that's the only warm day for about a week. I think you know, and I, I don't want to say there's going to be safe ice anywhere in the front range, but I will say there could be fishable ice in several locations up and down the front range. Uh, I would say by even some of the small ones this weekend and by middle of next week. But you just have to be so careful, Nate. You just you don't go alone. Check the ice. Do not don't go more than three or four feet without checking the ice thickness. This time of the year, I, my main tool is a spud bar. In fact, if you want to see me using a spud bar. Just to check the ice on early ice, if you go to the Best of Fishing with Terry, uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on YouTube, there is a um, uh, North Michigan Reservoir, which, by the way, is fishable right now. People are up there. I went there at first ice one year, showed you how I look at the ice, how I use the spud bar. Those are just guidelines, though, Nate. Really, people just—ice fishing can be one of the safest sports in the world as long as you use common sense. I mean, that's it, Terry. I think that's the biggest thing, and especially in the front range right now when you have a mixture of open water and ice. Like, you know, we've been watching Boyd every day, and, you know, it's crazy to be sitting here looking at open water and then see people ice fishing, and, you know, they're on ice that, that's very fishable ice. Um, it's one of those things that, again, as long as you stay on top of it, you're fine doing so, but any time, especially, you know, like at Chatfield right now where you're fishing the north boat ramp, but there's water out in front of the tower, um, those type situations, any time you have open water in the, in the vicinity, a a lot of times you can get wind and you can get somewhat movement of water. Now, it doesn't move a lot like a channel, but regardless, anytime you have open water near there, you obviously have wave action that can hit the ice, that can, can break up the ice and, and really, you know, kind of break up apart that ice. But you also get under ice current flow, and that's probably the most dangerous thing you can deal with as an ice fisherman. You, know, you see it a lot on Lake Superior. You see it a lot in, you know, channel forms on a lot of our reservoirs. But anytime you get water circulation or water movement below the ice, it can really eat up that ice pretty quick. So that's one of those biggest things, that if you are fishing ice where you have open water, not even near you, but, you know, in in that body of water, you can get those flows under under the ice, especially as the wind comes through, um, that can deteriorate that ice. So check the ice often. I mean, even if you go out at 6 a.m. and you're going to fish all day and come back in the evening, check the ice as you come back in. Again, what you walked on in the morning can can change by the afternoon, and we see that a lot. You know, um, you know, Twin Lakes is probably one of the biggest things that taught me that as you get so much flow. Obviously, there's a there's a main power plant and a pump house there to where you suck water out and then you pump it back down. Um, but I've literally seen ice conditions to where I'm 
you know, almost a mile away or three quarters of a mile away from that pump house. And I've watched the ice deteriorate four to six inches in a day as you get major current flow under the ice. Um, you know, so if you have two feet of ice, it's not a big deal. If you're fishing on your tension device, it can be a major situation. Um, so again, current flow under the ice is a major thing. And that's what really what we caution, um, especially as we fish conditions like we have sometimes this year where you have parts of the lake frozen and parts of the lake open water. So I think, think really, you know, staying on top of your ice conditions, measuring your ice, and, and just really making sure that you know what you're standing on uh, is kind of the crucial thing this time of year, especially as we, you know, creep out um, on ice as it forms down here in the front range. All right. Well, I want to talk about a couple other things real quick. Before we get to the International Sportsman's Exposition, which almost everybody on the show is gearing towards coming up in just a couple weeks, I do want to talk about what other lakes are you seeing and maybe at elevation where you are seeing some good ice fishing or maybe you're guiding on or both. Absolutely, Terry. You know, we've been doing a lot of stuff kind of all over the, the South Park area. Um, obviously, Wellington Lake, that's where we're hosting the Ice Addiction, Ice Addiction event series next weekend. Uh, we're excited about that. Right now on Wellington, depending on kind of where you're at on the body of water, we have basically like six and three quarters, we'll call it seven inches of ice, up to nine inches of ice. And that's where we sat as of a couple of days ago. This cold front's really locking that up. We're building almost a half inch of ice uh, a day. So by the event next weekend, we'll probably be closer to more to that 12 inches of ice. We're excited about that. But Wellington Lake, uh, just because we're getting so many calls about that, that fishery is going strong. We have good ice. Uh, it is notorious to get a lot of wind at Wellington that can that can change the ice conditions. Uh, so again, always be, be cautious. But right now we have great ice on there and the fishing is great. Um, I think the biggest thing at Wellington is you have clear water and you have fish that are hunting fathead minnow. So it's a fathead minnow base. So it's a minnow base versus a, a scud or a shrimp base, like a lot of the lakes that people fish. Uh, so I think the biggest thing at Wellington is drawing the fish in. So that's the biggest report I can say for Wellington is lots of jig movement, you know, where a lot of guys just dead stick bait. Um, you know, if you just have a bait with minimal or no action, it still catches the fish when they come by. But the biggest thing is drawing fish in. So at Wellington, we're all about real high action baits. Those fish are hunting. They're cruising uh, a little faster than I'd say a lot of rainbows are. Uh, so it fish very similar to like a shad, you know, fishery, like the front range. Again, the trout are moving, they're hunting. So a lot of action on your bait's going to draw those fish in. So that's probably the, the biggest thing at Wellington. Uh, Antero and 11 Mile are both fishing well. Um, you know, right now the biggest thing at Antero is avoiding pressure. Uh, this is very similar to, you know, the past 20 years. Uh, but the biggest thing, Antero obviously is a major destination. You get a lot of ice anglers fishing that, uh, so it does get hit fairly hard. But the fishing is great. The biggest thing is avoiding the crowds. You know, you get mass waves of people that are hitting the ice. Um, and as they, they get hit hard on like a Saturday or a Sunday, um, those areas can be somewhat slower the, the following couple days. So the biggest thing in Ontario is finding that weed line, finding that pocket that isn't just Swiss cheesed up with old holes. So in Ontario, whether you're walking far or walking close, you're kind of looking for the areas that are not getting hit. Um, and that's going to be the biggest thing to create success at Ontario. Uh, again, we're catching fish on a wide variety of baits in Ontario, but again, the biggest thing is just trying to find pockets that have not been fished, and that's going to be the key to success there. And all depths are still producing fish. We're producing fish in Ontario in extremely shallow water, and I mean, we're catching them in the deepest pocket of water they have out there. I personally am spending most of my time in six to ten feet of water, um, but again, any depths that you're looking to fish are producing fish right now in Ontario. Uh, we are seeing bigger fish grouped up in certain depths, so if you're not finding the fish that you like, change that depth range and a lot of times you're going to find those bigger fish they are kind of grouped up together uh then in, in 11 mile we're seeing a variety of fish we're seeing a lot of big fish coming off rocks 
So the rocky shorelines right now are producing a lot of the biggest fish. So you're looking for that that six to ten pound, that once in a lifetime rainbow. Uh, those fish right now are hanging pretty tight to, to rocks and steeper drop offs. That's probably the biggest thing to look for those bigger rainbows is to go to those rocky areas and those drop offs. If you're looking for a, more of a numbers game, uh, a lot of the weed lines are producing a lot more of those numbers of fish. So uh, so find that you know six to ten feet more uh, weed associated uh, is going to catch you more fish than anything. And then we're just now starting to see uh, the kokanee kind of gathering up. So I think we're really probably a week from a week or two from that main kokanee bite happening at 11 mile. Uh, but that is going uh, very, very starting to stack up to where it looks like it's going to be a really good season, I should say. Uh, there, so we're excited about that. Then obviously Terriol has a ton of ice and a ton of action, getting a lot of numbers of fish there. Uh, then I've been spending a ton of time up at Jefferson Lake. We have you know. 16 to 20 inches of ice up there, uh, but obviously that's a little bit more remote snowmobile access only. Um, as of this week, we had enough snow to access the lake via snowmobile. Uh, snowmobile access only, no ATVs or UTVs allowed, uh, but we are running a little slim on snow, so I would say that we're pretty much almost done with Jefferson until we get a little bit more snow uh, to pack that road down to access that reservoir right now. So that's kind of the, the main body of water that I've been hitting here this last week or so. No, you're right, and there are, and I think the message is that whatever type of fishing you want to do, there's some opportunities. I mean, Pueblo is going to be open water fishing all winter, and the tailwaters for fly fishermen and spin fishermen. And But there are good ice opportunities. We may get a few ice opportunities over the next couple weeks here on the Front Range. Just be careful. But there are a lot of lakes at altitude. I, I know Lake John is fishing well, and you mentioned a bunch of the lakes you guys guide on that are fishing well. And there's just opportunity. One last question before we move to ISE. Are you seeing any pike on 11 mile or, or uh, Absolutely. Pike at both bodies of the water. Um, you know, I can't say it's something that we target a lot right now, um, just because the fish kind of kind of mix in their pattern. I would say if you're up to trout fishing, it is always worth throwing out a tip up with, a, with a, like a whole sucker, uh, you know, a whole dead sucker or a water dog. Um, that's always a great approach, and it will surprise you at some of the bonus fish you catch. As far as the premium pike season, to be honest, you know, myself and Will Dykstra, we usually don't put our, our major focus on pike until we start getting into that later February. We wait until these fish go into pre-spawn. Those fish are extremely patterned in. The fish gather up really tight, um, and that's when we do most of our pike fishing. So it's not something that I'd say I've been targeting a lot of, but while trout fishing, we have definitely had a lot of those pike coming through. Uh, we have been seeing them. So so definitely, there are pike in the area at both bodies of water. Uh, so yeah, if you're thinking about that, again, I, I, instead of maybe a total focus on pike, I would think more of the bonus catch type types fishery, uh, you know, throwing out a tip up, things like that is, is a great way to, to enhance a day on the ice. Now, you mentioned Will Dykstra, so that gives me a great opportunity to transition into one of the things we're doing at ISE this year. This year at ISE, we're doing uh, Thursday and Saturday, we're doing kind of our standard presentations. In fact, you and I and Brad Peterson and... Uh, Dan Swanson will be doing our wild walleye panel on Saturday, which is always a huge draw, cover really all aspects of walleye fishing. But on Friday, we're doing something different. I've asked you guys to step it up a notch and make Friday maybe kind of an advanced presentation. It's no secret, Friday afternoon into the evening, we don't get the same attendance we do on other days. And because of that, we're putting some really big names. I mean, professional bass fisherman Brent Chapman's going to be at the the expert corner uh, Friday Friday night. But in addition to that, let me tell you about some of the seminars that are only going to be available on Friday. Some guy named Nate Zielinski 
is going to do advanced lake trout techniques. <laughs> and then some guy named Will Dykstra is going to do swim bait tactics for everything. And these are seminars you're only doing on Friday. And yep. g- give us a little sneak peek about the advanced lake trout. I think the biggest thing is I think a lot of guys, you know, they, they might catch big lake trout at ice off or they might stumble into them here and there. We're going to talk about, you know, the fine tuning of it. So instead of a technique-driven seminar to work like, hey, here's how you catch lake trout across the country. This is going to be a seminar to where we're going to say, hey, you want to catch big lake trout at Twin Lakes, at Granby, at Williams Fork, at Taylor. Here's how you do it on these bodies of water. And here's how you do it 365 days a year. So we're going to talk about literally where you can raise your hand and say, hey, I fish, you know, blue mace and I'm fishing in June. How do I catch these big fish? So we're going to break it down to where literally the audience is going to get all their questions answered. We're going to break it down, you know, to where you're fishing your bodies of water and how you increase that success and hopefully to where you're catching a trophy fish every time you go on the water, at least having opportunity at those fish every time you're on the water. So we're going to really break it down, you know, to these anglers that are attending that seminar to kind of give them that bonus feature there. All right. We've got to run, Nate. We are over time. But uh, people want more information, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook and tightlineoutdoors.com. That's it. You know, again, our tournament's coming up. Make sure you sign up. Again, we have $5,000 cash for the heaviest trout. No gimmicks, no tags. It could be a one-pound rainbow that'll take $5,000 cash next week in Wellington. So, again, keep that in mind. It only takes one fish, uh, and you can go home uh, with a bunch of money right there. So think about entering. Again, everything's at tightlineoutdoors.com. All right, my friend, we will talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Nate Zelensky, we're going to take a time out. When we come back, Eric Ali is going to join us from Mile High Fishing Magazine on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going right to the phones. And joining us from Mile High Fishing Magazine is Eric Ali. Good morning, Eric. Hey, good morning, Terry. How's it going? Hey, it's going great, and I mentioned your name a couple times on the show. You know, people uh, in the Colorado fishing scene are well aware of your name. They've seen you on social media. You've been involved in a lot of outdoor endeavors, but I think none that are going to be so beneficial to the anglers, the one you just recently launched, uh, the Mile High Fishing Magazine. Tell us about that, where you're at, and where it's headed. Yeah, uh, thanks, Terry. You know, it's it's long overdue for a, a publication specifically for Colorado fishing. You know, we we have so many unique opportunities. We have so many, you know, awesome things going on in the community that uh, now we actually have a platform to cover everything. So we, we're going to have, you know, destination pieces, how-to pieces. Uh, we're going to cover stories that otherwise, you know, sometimes don't get told that I, I think they're really important uh, to the fishing community. And we're going to have, as far as contributors, we're going to have a lot of names that people are, are familiar with. Uh, Sam Heckman, Bernie Keefe, Chad Lachance, uh, Nate, Matt Mascarinas, Robbie Richardson, Neil Wilkinson, Brad Peterson, Austin Parr, the list goes on and on. And hopefully we can get you to contribute too, Terry. That would be amazing. Well, I'm sure we and will. Then we also, and then we also have some, some folks that are, that are coming up, um, and they're kind of new to the scene. They've been fishing a long time. They're really, really... Um, just awesome, awesome anglers, and they love sharing information with other people like Connor Foy, Amy Duncan, uh, Rob Stout, Jason Duong, Jeremy Cassidy. So it's going to be a cool mixture of familiar faces that that people know really well and that they're going to be super excited for their content, and then some up-and-coming folks that 
I think they're just going to light the fishing world on fire here in Colorado. And now we all have a platform that we can contribute and help other people with. Well, you made a mention that, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough that I've traveled the world fishing. I've fished from the Arctic Circle to the equator in every corner of North America and uh, even foreign countries and offshore. Uh but Colorado, and I grew up in Minnesota, which has great fishing, or Karen says I got older there. I never grew up, she says. But um, but living in Colorado for over 30-some years now, we have an incredible warm water fishery for wipers, bass, panfish, catfish, um, walleyes, our second most popular fish in Colorado. Yet we have the cool water fish like pike, and some of the biggest pike in the, in North America are caught right here in Colorado. And then we have tremendous mm-hmm. cold water fishing with both the splake, the lake trout, you know, the chars, the brook trout, and then the true trout like rainbows, browns. It's just incredible what we have here, Eric. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And one, one of the coolest things uh, for me about the magazine is you know, a lot of folks that grow up in Colorado, or maybe they, they just moved to Colorado, you know, we got a ton of people moving in. They associate Colorado with trout fishing, which is great. Like you said, we have amazing trout fishing, uh, but they can also bass fish in their backyard. And we want to help them be successful with that. And then there's going to be conservation aspects of it, too, where, you know, when, when folks start bass fishing, they'll realize, you know, how vital selective harvest is with bass. And it, I mean, everything that the magazine is going to contribute to the community is going to be positive. And, and we want to help folks that, you know, I don't care if you got a, a brand new fully rigged boat and you, you've got all the electronics and all the fancy stuff that we'll have articles for you. But if you're a shore fisherman, you like to fish with bait, we're not going to ignore you either. So well, it's going to be an all encompassing publication. If I read it, I might even learn how to catch a fish. <laughs> so tell us, I know you're on social media and on on uh, line right now. What's the status? When will we see the print copy? So uh, after the first of the year is when I'm going to do my first call for stories. It This thing has snowballed so quick. I'm kind of playing catch up a little bit. So after the first of the year, we're going to do a call for stories. At the end of January, we're hoping to have our first digital publication out. And if there's enough interest in a print publication, we're going to do that uh, in limited numbers to start. You know, I'm the old guy of the group uh, with the design team. I, I want a physical copy of the magazine, so I'm pushing for a physical copy of the magazine. Uh, all the other guys are a bit younger than I am, and they think digital is the way to go. So no matter what, we're going to have a digital copy at the end of January. Uh, right now on Facebook, on Instagram, at Mile High Fishing Magazine, we're doing a ton of cool stuff. Um, one of the things I've been doing for the past week or so is we're highlighting, uh, you know, amazing catches from anglers in Colorado in 2018. And what you were just talking about with Big Pike, I mean, the examples of the top end of these predatory fish that we have in the state of Colorado are just astounding. You know, if you put a picture of these fish up, people would think that they're catching them in Canada, and it's right in our backyard. Well, I, I don't want to. I got to be careful because there's a guy coming up on after you from Colorado Clays, Jr. And he, mm-hmm. I, we got to be careful not to let out too much information because he'll go catch one, and then I'll have to get a picture of it repeated on my phone for about six weeks. So we'll have to be. Real. I know Jr. is <laughs> listening, but anyway, we're going to run out of time, so I want to touch on a couple more things really quickly. You're going to have a presence at ISE for people who want to mm-hmm. come and see you. You're also sponsoring our new uh, adventure called the our new venture called the Experts Corner, which is going to be over by the demo tank. And Karen and I host these these two venues. 
continues. And I'll tell you what, um, we got a lineup of people in this experts corner. And the experts corner is going to be, the tank will have seating like it always does. The experts corner mm-hmm. is going to feature these guys where they're, they're, they're in the booth. But they're there to talk to you one-on-one or in small groups as you walk up. We got Dan Swanson doing electronics. We got Nate Zielinski doing Fishing Colorado. We've got the list goes on and on. Friday is our advanced day. And let me tell you, we got Dan Swanson doing two electronic sessions. Brad Peterson doing new walleye seminars. And then we have professional elite bass angler Brett Chapman in the evening or late afternoon doing how to pick the right rod in this this experts corner that you guys are sponsoring. So I'm so glad you guys are bringing us this where we can have this more intimate contact with these pros. All I can tell people is um you know go check go to ICN web and check out who's appearing in these venues. It's all listed. Mm-hmm. And you can come any day, probably come more than one day, but pick the day that really offers what you want. We got to let you go Eric, but any last comment? Uh, just to the fishing community out there, um, the magazine is ours, guys. It's here. It's it's coming soon. Come check us out on social media and take advantage of the Experts Corner. You know, the one-on-one time you're going to be able to spend with these guys is absolutely invaluable. I was going to do some ice fishing with you, but I know that JR will get antsy, so I better move on. But thank you so much. We'll have you on again real soon, Eric. All right, thanks for time, Terry. You bet. Eric Ali from Mile High Fishing Magazine. JR, hang on. We'll take a time out, and we'll talk to you right after this on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan, and you know we're giving out ISE tickets this week. We're going to give out some next week. We'll even probably give some out the Saturday of the show. And anybody this week and next week that calls in and does get tickets also goes into a drawing for a $375 gear bag. And we're going to talk. There aren't going to be a ton of people. There isn't going to be like 500 people in this drawing. There's going to be like 20 or 30 people in this drawing because it's only going to be the ticket winners on my show. There is another bag being given away during the week, too. Um, So I think, you know what? I think we'll give away a couple tickets right now. The first two callers to 303-713-1043, 303-713-1043. The first two callers each get two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition, January 10th through the 13th, and they get entered in the gear bag drawing. And speaking of ISE, let's go to the phones. And joining us, one of my favorite contributors who I would never disparage on the air, J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. Good morning. Good morning, Terry. I don't want to see your pictures start showing up on Mile High Fishing Magazine now. No, Terry, I know I look good in fishing pictures, um, but enough is enough. <laughs> you know, my friend, you are an excellent angler, and you and I, when we do get on the water together, there's going to be so much trash talk, there won't be a lake big enough to hold it. But, <laughs> I plan on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about ISE, though. You know, this is an opportunity. You're going to be at ISE, Colorado Clays. You're going to have a booth just down from where we're doing the tank in the experts' corner. And, you know, we talk about your facility on the air every week, and you give tips on shooting, and we talk about, you know, the different things you can do there. But here's a chance for people to stop by and talk one-on-one to you guys about your facility and about the services you offer. Well, yeah, and thanks for bringing that up, Terry. You know, Colorado Clays does have a nearly 15-year tradition of attending the International Sportsman's Exposition because 
it really is such a great way to introduce people to Colorado's premier public shooting facility and all the things that we have to offer that may not uh, be obvious at face value. So, I mean, whether you are an individual or even a group of hundreds of people, um, you might be interested in rifle shooting, pistol, or shotgun opportunities. And this really is the chance to speak one-on-one um, with one of us to make sure you always get the most out of your shooting experience. So, excellent opportunity. You know, another thing, a lot of people are going to get fire or did get firearms for Christmas or a gift certificate to buy firearms. They're becoming first-time shooters, you know, the youth in the family or the first-time hunter that's getting ready. Uh, one of the things that I didn't have, well, I, you know, I had a lot of training because my uncles and my dad and my grandpa all made me do a lot of shooting when I was younger. But I never had expert training. And when you come out and you get with the right person in the beginning, it can make such a difference. Yeah, and, you know, there's really two um, points to that, Terry. The first is we have, and I've said this over and over, and it's true, we have the best staff anywhere. All of our range officers are also instructors but have a lifetime of experience in the fields and in the areas they work at Colorado Clays. So we always try to take the time to help people learn their guns and the basics. But to the next step, these same people um, and, you know, there's a bunch of us getting the right instructor for your individual needs and maybe your individual gun is very important, too. So it doesn't matter if you're a beginner, whether you shoot recreationally, a hunter, competitive, um, or some of the above. It's always a good idea to take a little time with someone um, that's in the business that can help you. And it's always going to be a good time with our people. Why don't you tell people just what you'll have going on in your booth if they do stop by? Well, of course, Terry, and this is really something that's worth seeing in itself. Our virtual tour of the facility, we've talked about that. We'll have a a television there playing that, uh, repeating. So if you just want to kind of stop and take a glance at that and see exactly what you're going to be talking to us about, that's going to be playing and rerunning the whole time. Really good thing to see. Uh, And then we're going to have some pictures. We're going to have staff, and we're going to talk about our different um, uh, places and things we offer here at Colorado Clays, whether it's, you know, pistol shooting. Uh, People are always happy to hear that we have that target return system. Um, You shoot any distance and different types of targets. Of course, this time of year, uh, that radiant heat down in our uh, facilities uh, is really important. People like to hear about that. And then we can explain more about the semi-outdoor ranges that we have for our rifle and pistol. Um, really, really good idea to, to ask us what you're in for, and the more we explain it, the more people generally really like it. And, of course, you know, on the shotgun side, our, everything from our training trap, that is just such a popular item for the beginners and kids, and they are so grateful that we have that. Uh, all of our trap fields, all uh, seven ranges that will throw regulation trap, skeet fields, wobble traps, and then our premier uh, sporting clays course. So in addition to seeing pictures, um, picking up maybe a flyer, talking to us about that kind of stuff, um, you can actually learn about the games, learn about what we do, and all of the stuff we offer um, for events and different types of outings. Well, a lot of people must want to talk to you because when I gave away those ISE tickets, the phone lines lit up, and I'm sure it was your personal popularity that did that. 
I guarantee it, Terry. Yeah, that's why I thought, I thought you might. I they, bring the crowd. They probably want to talk fishing with you, too. JR, people can't get to the show. They can always find you on coloradoclays.com, though. No doubt. Give us an email or a call. And, Terry, to wrap this up, I would like to say um, uh, stop by the Colorado Clays booth. We will have some tickets. You can fill them out, throw them in a drop box. And at the end of each day uh, during the expo, we're going to draw a name for a free round of sporting clays at Colorado Clays. And you don't need to be present. We're simply going to take and email you a gift card. Uh, you can redeem it any time in 2018, and that's a great opportunity to enjoy the, you know, the finest sporting clays course around. And then one other one that is really uh, going to be neat and unique uh, after everything winds down, Colorado Clays is going to be hosting some of our friends from South Africa, and we're going to have an evening uh, coming out. We're going to have some appetizers and drinks, and we're going to talk about everything you need to know about hunting South Africa. Um, and at the end of that evening, this is what's really amazing. We are going to be giving away a uh, all-expense Africa hunt with some big game animals, maybe even some waterfowl stuff. This is an amazing opportunity to come learn about Africa and possibly win that trip. And that one's going to be January 26th from 3 to 5 p.m. right here at Colorado Clays. Sounds like they better stop by your booth, my friend. Definitely. We'll see you there. We'll see you there in a couple weeks. Thank you, Terry. You bet. JR from. Colorado Clays. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. By the way, Bernie Keefe will be joining us, and we're going to talk ice fishing up in the Granby area on 104.3 The Fan. You know, you're playing way too good of music. It's hard for me to get back into the show. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going to go right to the phones. And joining us, one of our favorite contributors, somebody we know can give us great information, Mr. Bernie Keefe. Good morning, Bernie. Morning, Terry. How you doing? You know, I'm doing fantastic, but I got a lot of people with pent-up desire to get on the ice. Now, we may have some ice down here in the front range in a couple days, but I knew if anybody could... Uh, in enlighten us to some pretty good ice fishing opportunities it would be you and the area you fish up by granby so what is going on all right well let's just start at the bottom and work our way to the top down at wolford they're walking on the ice i don't know how thick it is but i know they're going out and they're catching kokanee and rainbows rainbows are along the shore there are still some spawning kokanees left up all spawned out kokanees left along the shoreline and uh, got a couple guys went down there and did pretty good for silvers out in the middle. And then coming up, Wolf or Williams Fork, they're walking on that one. Fishing's been good for, I know for a fact, for a little lake trout, the bigger fish are probably sitting there eating too. I just haven't heard much about it. Um, check the ice as you go. That had open water fairly recently. Then you come up to Willie, Willow Creek. Willow Creek has probably seven, eight inches of ice, if not more on it by now. Fishing's really good along the shoreline for rainbows. I haven't talked to anybody who chased salmon out there. Then go to Grand Lake. We were just out there a couple of days ago. It's probably six, seven inches of ice out there. Um, we were on the shore. We were hugging the shoreline a little bit. Fishing was really good for lake trout and rainbows, and something really weird happened out there. We were in about 30 fish feet of water fishing on the bottom with little tubes and sucker meat, and we caught a mix, probably 50-50, of rainbows and lake trout with two browns thrown in. You know, Bernie, before you go on, 
that really is unique because typically this time of the year, I find the rainbows pretty shallow, and it's unique that they would be down there at those same depths as the same lake trout. Now, I don't know if there's some mysis shrimp that was down there that were following plankton up and down, but that really is because if somebody would have asked me prior to you saying that, I never would have told them to look for rainbows that deep. And I never will tell them to look for rainbows that deep. That was just, that was the only time that's ever happened to me. And it was the strangest thing ever because they were on the bottom. The rainbows weren't hitting it suspended. We had seen them come in on the grass and then they would hit it and we'd bring them up and it would be a rainbow. And so it, how it all worked out is way beyond me, but it was pretty cool to catch three species doing the same thing. No, you're absolutely right. Go ahead. And then now coming over to Shadow oh, and Grand Lake, be careful. There's a lot of open water out there. They're pumping uh, pump house out of Granby. So there's all that typical open water out there. And in all that open water, there is some good rainbow fishing to be had there. Shadow Mountain, they're pumping through there. There's open water. Uh, it's slushy out there. It's real slushy. And there's some good ice and fishing up by the dam is good for rainbows. And there's a little bit of an early, early morning kokanee bite there. The spillways closed down. The pump canal is open and pumping, and that fishing is really good right now. Uh, there's some rainbows up to three, four pounds being caught, and some nice browns. And then, and then let's go to Granby. Granby, be careful. Be very, very careful. I know of a snowmobile that went through on Christmas Day. Um, they got it out. It was right on the edge, but they did go through. We were out on Sunset Point, and we had four to five inches of ice two days ago. We walked somewhere else out there yesterday, and we had maybe three inches of ice, three and a half. There's still some open water around the lake. Still water might have froze up last night. Um, The mouth of Columbine might have froze up last night. It got to eight below here at the house. And so, but the fishing along the shoreline has been really good for rainbows. There's a bunch of them in there and we're fishing out in, we got to be, we made it out to about 30 feet of water and we caught caught quite a few little eaters um, out in front of sunset. So the fishing's good. The ice is coming. Check it as you go with your butt. Oh, you're absolutely right. Uh, With the late freezing we're having, uh, make sure you're really cautious and check as you go. I would think, now I don't want to use this as a way to tell people they should be out there, but I would think with the weather you're having, you should continue to make ice and we should see better mobility available over the next couple of weeks, don't you think? Oh, Terry, um, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking by the beginning of next week, we're going to be able to ride out there and not worry about much, but that's only me thinking, not me thinking out loud, not saying it out loud. Yeah, and um, always but, be careful yeah, and check. Yeah, yeah. You, it, just because you see tracks going somewhere don't mean they checked it and don't mean they didn't get lucky. So check it before you go and give it a couple of weeks, and then it should be rock solid, and we should be able to go anywhere we want and do any crazy stuff we want out there. What's the biggest tip you can give people, other than, of course, hiring you as a guide, and we'll talk about that in just a minute, but if they're headed out to Granby to chase these lake trout, what's one or two tips you can give them? Um, you know, if you just want to come up and catch fish, don't overthink it. Small white grubs and a piece of sucker meat will catch will catch fish. You can use some power bait on it. You can use some other scents along with it. But keep it simple. 
Uh, small white grubs, three-eighths ounce heads work really well. Uh, you know, eight, ten-pound test is just perfect for those things. You can go a little lighter, but if you catch a bigger fish, you might break your heart. Um, and then, you know, if you don't, if you have sonar, pay attention to sonar. Then fish will come through suspended. If you don't have sonar, fish near the bottom. They, then fish will be coming around on the bottom. Hold your rod in your hand. Don't set it down. Uh, then fish, when they hit, they hit real light and real fast. You got to be ready for it. So that would be that would be where I'd start. And as far as as far as locations, right now, if you're coming up and walking out on the lake, you just walk anywhere you got safe ice. Um, right off sunset, there's not a lot of people fishing that yet. And like I said, we were there two days ago and fishing was really good. So it's an easy short walk. It's not the lake's not real low. It's not a real big hill you got to walk out up on. And you'll be safe, and there's fish there. What more can you ask for? It sounds great. Now, are you still booking trips if somebody wants to ice fish? Yeah, yeah. You can look me up on fishingwithbernie.com, Facebook Fishing with Bernie, Instagram Fishing with Bernie. Give me a call at 970-531-2318, and that's on my website also. And if you want to see how much fun this guy is, go to uh, Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. And there's several fishing shows on there with Bernie and a couple that are just ice fishing where we... uh, did okay for both numbers, and we caught a few big fish, my friend. That was fun. Those are I remember some most of those trips, and we 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 had a little bit of a good time. Yeah, well, we tend to do that. We always have a good time. <laughs> you know what? The fishing the fishing's always good. With the catching varies. We always have a good time, my friend. Bernie, thank you so much for joining us. I can people catch up with you anywhere in the next couple of weeks. Uh, oh, I'm going to be at the Denver Boat Show. I think that's the weekend of the 20th, 19th, 20th. I'll be down there. So if you're in Denver and um, have nothing better to do, stop on by the Boat Show. I'll be in the Crestliner booth with Colorado Boat Center. All right, my friend, we will talk to you soon. You guys have a happy new year. Thank you. You have a happy new year too, Bernie. Thanks for joining us today. You know, happy new year. I want to make a comment before we close the show out here. Um, I love to celebrate as much as anybody, and if you hear me joking, Karen and I love to have a glass of wine or maybe two or three at times. Please um, be very careful. If you're going out New Year's Eve, get a ride. There's Uber, there's Lyft, there's taxis, there's friends, there's a lot of people that offer free rides. You know, go out and enjoy yourself, but be safe or stay home. Leave it for the, you know, but if you are going out, be very, very careful. Unfortunately, Karen and I are going to be laying on the beach in uh North Reddington Beach, Florida, and I'll be casting into the surf on New Year's. But uh, it's just part of this job. The things I have to do, i got to go check the fishing out there, you know. (laughs) Anyway, but we will be back in time to do the show next week, and we're going to give away more ISE tickets next week. We are really building to having a great ISE. I love it because it's the one time of the year I get to react in person to you folks that listen to the show. You come by, you know, tell me what you like, but don't be afraid to tell me what you don't like, what you want more of what you don't get from the show. We love to hear that. We want to make this your outlet for the outdoors. And speaking of that, best way to take advantage of this information is to follow us on Facebook at Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on uh, on Facebook. We're going to tell you how you win not only ISE tickets now, but we have different contests during the year. The information's on there. When we have a major event or a major guest coming up, we feature it on there. We feature articles I've written on there. We feature television shows that we put up on our YouTube channel on there. 
so much information on Facebook. Just go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook and follow us. It'll keep you tuned into the show and keep you tuned in to what's going on in the outdoors in Colorado. We put the fishing report up there every time it comes out. So there's just so much that we put up there. We're going to wrap it up. I want to say thanks to Kyle for making everything run. Thank thanks, you. Thanks to Karen for making me look almost good where you're listening to us. Stay tuned for sports on 104.3 The Fan as the Eagles take us to the top of the hour. Night.